right, as you take your seats, we're going to allow our children to go ahead and make their way out. Pastor J.D. is going to uh, take them back towards the back, and they're going to be gathering back in the children's worship area. Children, any of your parents who would like to go, um, we want to allow you the opportunity to go. Why don't the rest of you take your Bible and turn with me this morning to the book of Colossians. So we're going to be reading from today, the book of Colossians. We're going to be reading starting at verse 2 of chapter 4. So we're going to give a moment for our kids, their parents, and leaders to make their way out. Colossians chapter 2, or chapter 4. And we're going to start reading at verse 2 today. Colossians chapter 4, starting at verse 2. It says, Continue earnestly in prayer. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open a door, open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time, and let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Back before the end of last year, Back before we entered into um, this new year, 2020, we had discussions among the ministry team about some things that we would be focusing on for this new year, trying to draw our church families together so that dads could worship with their kids and moms could worship with their children and as a family unit, we'd be sharing together. And as Pastor JD and Pastor Stafford and I were talking uh, about what this was going to look like as far as the sermon time, the the preparation time, the message time, Uh, we'd been praying about what to preach on. We'd chosen this book, the book of Colossians, because it focuses on Jesus Christ. That's what the focus of the book of Colossians is. It is on Jesus. It is the focus about relationship with Jesus. And because we have a relationship with Jesus, this is how we respond to each other. This is how we respond to our world. And that what we believe about Jesus Christ truly matters. Not just saying that we believe in Jesus, but believing what the Bible has to say about Jesus. The description that God gives us through his word, that that genuinely matters. And we chose this as the topic because we wanted Jesus to be the focus of these first three months that we were doing in the year 2020, knowing that we'd be preaching from the book of Colossians. And as we sat down together, we kind of mapped out where this was going to go. We kind of broke down the book of Colossians into section by section, making sure that we were taking each section in an amount that we could that we could speak from that was a manageable amount, and we kind of plotted the course of where we were going to be speaking from. So I just want to tell you today that um, we arrive here at this passage of scripture in Colossians chapter four, verse two, uh, not by accident but by design. And I firmly believe that God knew exactly where we were going to be at this moment in time. He knew exactly where we were going to be as a nation. He knew exactly what we were going to be facing long before. 
J.D. Stafford and I sat down and looked at this passage. He knew exactly where our focus needed to be on this Sunday because this Sunday, there's no change in path, there's no change in pattern. This was the scripture that was in front of us when we looked at the schedule and what it was going to be like as we were charting out the messages for 2020 here today in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And as we were sitting down this week, like we do when we take those passages of Scripture and when we start breaking down what those passages are talking about, this was the topic. The topic for this passage of Scripture deals with those of us who are believers being prayer warriors. It is a call, it is a beckoning to us to be praying. Now that term prayer warrior is a little overused and it's kind of tossed around. It's thrown around in colloquial discussion today, especially in the church. And I think in some ways we think that prayer warrior is something that, um, you know, it's, it's a description about somebody who is super spiritual. It's a description about somebody else. It's a description about that one person, those two people who are always in prayer. But I want you to keep in mind with me as we look at this passage today that the call that comes from this passage isn't just to those who are very mature in their faith. It's to those who may not be as mature in their faith. It's a call to every single believer. Because in the church in Colossae, in this small community, it wasn't a whole region of Galatia. It wasn't a large city like Corinth. It was Colossae. It was a small community. And in this fledgling church that was just started, they didn't have generations of believers. They didn't have granddaddy who founded the church. They didn't have grandma who babysat all the kids in the nursery. They had none of that because they're all first-generation believers there in Colossae. And so they're all young in their faith. They're all beginning in their walk with the Lord. And yet here's the call from this passage. Pray. Pray. And pray some more. The call is for those who are believers to be prayer warriors. Now, looking at this passage of Scripture, as we broke this down this week, um, we talked about two different parts to this passage, just a few verses, verse 2 through 6. We said that in this passage, as we were um, kind of doing the exegesis on this together, which we do now as a pastoral team, Stafford, J.D., and I, we look at the passage, we kind of break it down, say these are the points we want to focus on, what rises to the top from the Scripture. We focused on two separate things, the part of being... Praying, but also the part of being ready, being a warrior, being on guard, being somebody who is a watchman, because there are two parts to this. And the first part of this passage, here in these first couple of verses, is a reminder to us about praying, continue earnestly in prayer. Now, there is a, an implication by that very first word there in the New King James. It says, continue earnestly in praying. Some of you may be reading from other translations, but the inference is there. The inference is for us that we should have already been praying. We should continue in our prayer. We should have been praying. We should be praying now, and we should be praying in the future. This is part of the pattern and part of the calling of a believer. We should be praying to continue in prayer. And it actually connects us with what happens there in chapter three where we were looking these past few weeks. 
And the emphasis on two of those sermons, and then also the last one out of that chapter, we had said explicitly with the title, because I belong to Christ, because I'm a believer, because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, here are things that I need to do. Here are steps that I need to take. Here are actions that I need to have in my life because I am already transformed by the power of Christ. And we looked at those first 17 verses. And then in verse 18 through verse 1 of chapter 4, we said, now in the family and in these interpersonal relationships, it's the same. Because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, in my family, in my interpersonal relationships, here's how I'm supposed to respond. And in chapter 4, verse 2, it says, continue in prayer. Because I'm a believer, because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, because I belong to Christ, I should have been praying, and I should be praying, and I should continue in prayer. I'm going to breeze through a couple of points here because I really think that there's something that we need to focus on today. In verse 3, here's what Paul asked them to pray for. It says, meanwhile, praying also for us, pray that God would open to us a door. For the word. Paul compels the people in Colossae, hey, be praying for us as we share the gospel. Be praying that God would open the door. Be praying that people's hearts would be softened. Be praying that as we share the gospel, that the gospel would have an open path to germinate in the heart of those who don't believe. Secondly, here in this passage, it says, pray that the mystery of Christ would be shared. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in change. What is the mystery of Christ? The mystery of Christ is this, that God, who is almighty, took the form of a human being and came to earth and walked through life sinlessly so that he might take our sins to the cross of Calvary and pay a price for you and for me that we might spend forever in heaven with him. That's the mystery of Christ. How would God do this? Why would God do this? And Paul says, pray that the mystery of Christ would be shared. He says in verse four, pray that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Pray that there would be clarity in the presentation of the gospel that I share. This is what I'm compelling you. This is what I'm asking you as we pray, as we be prayer warriors, as we pray, pray that God would open the doors for the gospel to be spread. He would open the hearts and minds of people so that the mystery of Christ would be shared. Pray, open the mouth of those who are preaching and speaking so that there would be clarity in the gospel presentation. And what we had lined up for this as message time was, here's the focus on prayer, but here's the focus on walking, being on guard, being diligent. Look at verse 5. It says, walk in wisdom toward the lost. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. We need to be walking with integrity in a world that doesn't know Christ. We need to be walking in integrity as followers of Jesus. That's the warrior part. The warrior is to continue to face whatever comes today, tomorrow, the next day, next week, walking in integrity in our relationship with Christ, redeeming the time, it says at the end of verse verse five. 
to redeem the time. Now, some translations will say being careful of the time, being cautious of the time. I actually like this word that's used here in the New King James Version. It says redeeming the time. The word redeem has a very specific meaning for those who are believers. I am redeemed. I was bought back from my sin. I was bought back from the penalty that goes with my sin, death and hell. I was bought back by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. I was redeemed. And I don't think that the word is used here by coincidence. I think the word that is used here, redeeming the time, implies, yes, we should be careful of the time that we have. We should use our time wisely and judiciously, but we should be redeeming the times that we should be buying back the age in which we live. We should be redeeming through the power of Christ, through the message of Christ, through the message of the gospel. We should be buying back this culture in which we live. That's why the compelling statement is there. Walk. Walk in such a way that your integrity is on display because we're redeeming the time. As a warrior, as a prayer warrior, yes, we're called to pray, but yes, we're also called to walk, to redeem. And also we're called, as verse 6 says, to let our speech be that which characterizes a believer. Let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. That's actually the outline that we got from this passage. But as I was praying about today and what we needed to do in this time together, I felt like it was really important for us to kind of lay aside a little bit of this sermon part where we dig deeper. We can read this. You can read this, and the call from God is pretty clear. There isn't much gray area here. Continue in prayer. So I just want to let you know today, this is the end of the sermon. And normally we kind of have a prayer time. And then we have a response time, an invitation time, and usually play a song. Our invitation is a little different today. Our invitation is the rest of our time. And there ain't going to be a song playing. The invitation is simply this. Let's do what the Lord asked us to do. Let's spend some time in prayer this morning. Let's spend some time as the people of God united by the power of God, in the presence of God, offering prayers to God for what's going on around us. I feel like that's the most important thing that we can do with this passage of Scripture today. By his divine call, he knew this was where we would be today, where we'd be reading from, and I believe it's a call for us to continue in prayer. So here's what I'd like to do for the next little while. I'd like to lead you in some guided prayer. I think there are some specific things that we ought to be praying for right now. Some specific things that we ought to be focusing our attention on 
and that you and me, that us together, that we can be praying for. And so I'd like to ask you, just as a response to God's word, will you join me in prayer today? And let's pray for some of those needs that are around us. So, if you will, bow with me. And this is where I'd like you to start. I'd like you to start today with Jesus. With everything else that is going on around us, will you start this moment today as we pray and just offer a word of thanks to Jesus for offering you salvation through the blood that he shed. Take a moment and just privately, silently pray and thank him for what he's offered you. Would you also take this time this morning to turn your attention and your heart to those who've, who've already been infected with this virus that is spreading in our world? Would you pray for those this morning who are infected with the virus already and may not even be aware? Would you also pray for the families of those who are infected and those who've lost loved ones already as they fear for their health, but as they also grieve for that which those who they have lost. Would you pray for them this morning?
Would you pray for protection for those who are most vulnerable to this illness? For those who are elderly, shut in, those with respiratory issues, diabetes, those whose immune system is compromised as they're dealing with other illnesses, and especially be praying for those in other nations too who don't have access to the same health system that we do as they deal with this issue. Would you be praying this morning for our healthcare workers and those who come into direct contact with those who have the virus, with our nurses, our doctors, EMTs and paramedics, and those who are, who are cleaning, those who daily are making sure that facilities are cleaned so the virus doesn't spread. Pray for our first responders, our fire, our police, paramedics, those who would respond to these circumstances and to other things that are happening. Pray for those in leadership. Pray for our president, for our Congress, for our governor, the state legislature, 
elected local officials who are having to make important decisions rapidly. Pray for them. Pray for our caregivers, those who work in our daycares, in our nursing homes, those who are giving private care. Pray for them as they tirelessly give of themselves. Pray for our educators, our teachers, both school-aged children and college students, all of whom here in the Commonwealth and in other states are having to do their lessons remotely. We pray for those teachers and educators as they figure out how to continue teaching in a challenging way. Pray for those families who are affected by these closures, the closures of schools and other services, and those whose income is affected because their workplace may be closed.
pray for churches, not just ours, but churches, as we seek to minister and know how to minister in this ever-changing environment. Pray for the spiritual sensitivity of our nation and the opportunity for us as believers to share where our hope is found. And our hope is found in Jesus Christ. finally pray that God would be glorified even in the midst of today's uncertainty pray that he would be exalted high above the earth Thank you that as the people of God, we can come before you and petition you to share with you. Thank you not only for the call to continue into prayer, but the privilege of continuing in prayer. And Lord, I pray today as we turn our eyes to you, that your goodness would shine forth. And I pray this in the strong name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. And right where you are, I want you to stand with me and let's sing the words to that chorus we just sang. It's real simple. God, you are so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. 
you for your grace. We desire to exalt you this day. In Jesus' name, amen.